top MMA voices Ariel Hawani, Chuck Mindenhall, and Pizza Carroll are live on the Spotify Greenroom app for every major MMA card with the Ringer MMA show. Hear the guys react to weigh-ins in real time and find out what they think of the fights the moment the final card ends. Plus, when breaking MMA news happens, they'll be live to talk to you about it. And if you missed the Green Room show, you can hear it as a podcast anytime on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here. Roger Bell there. We're going to have, like, we have a whole slate of shit to talk about, Roger, but, you know, I just want to give you a minute to gloat real quick. Um, ja Morant had a yet another huge block. It was one of the greatest blocks I've ever seen. Go ahead. Just floor is yours real quick. No, just one. Of, I mean, if not the one of the most electrifying players in the league, that's all. I mean, I don't think it's disputable at this point. I, I've been trying to tell you, if you weren't listening, just go Google Chrome, whatever your search engine is. Just go look up the block. Like just put in the block. You don't even got to put in. Just put in the block. Put that up there. And if, if you want a little bonus material after that, um, search John Morant dunk against the Lakers because that gets lost in the in the in the conversation because the block was just absolutely absurd. But he ducked. He ducked so he didn't hit his head on the rim yeah. on the on the dunk. Like you gotta understand. After man, that's, he jumped to the top of the backboard, yeah, to block a shot. I'm just saying, man. I don't I don't want to make this a John Morant. I mean, but John Morant's making it a John Morant thing, so I can't help it, but that's all I'm going to say. Just go do yourself ones. a favor. Sponsored by Ja Morant Place. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha All right, let's get to the shit. Um, Raja, I had the honor and the pleasure last night to be at Chase Center. Oh, my God. When did you get there? Oh, okay. So, like, I got there. Game starts local time, 530. I got there at 235. I was there for the entire, the entire uh, pregame. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, especially like you know, during during the season, I've been going to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see the pregame festivities, you know, and then maybe leave, duck out maybe after the first half or something like that. I've been doing that for Warriors games, you know. Um, just, you know, just want to get home and watch the rest of the game at the crib, you know. You know this thing. You know, people people out there might not see that, but, you know, when you go watch it at home on the couch, it's sometimes it's better, right? This time, no, fuck that. I was locked in. I got there mm. at 235 on a football Sunday, mind you. Mm. You know? Mm. 
got to the got there, you know, it's something about when the arena's just empty, but there's a buzz there. Right. It was a buzz. I hadn't seen a buzz like this in Chase Center ever, but I hadn't seen a buzz like this around a Warriors game in at least two year, two two and a half years since they were like it, it, this was the biggest. It looked felt like a finals game. Everybody was there. They're like walk in. And then Steph runs out. Steph has on the Clay Thompson jersey. I'm like, oh shit. Just to warm up. Right? He's just warming up, right? And then you know how you hear somebody before you see them? You hear just you, it's not necessarily them, but you hear just like the <gasps> Yeah. So I'm baseline next to Chris Mullen, humble flex. Shout out to Chris Mullen, the OG. And it's just the audible. <sighs> It's like it was like a wrestling match because it's like it's like the huh and then it's like the yeah and then it's like the oh and then Clay comes out and Clay is like pumping up the crowd like yeah 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 get the fuck up get the fuck up get the fuck up and for the warm up for the warm up does this and does like three circles around you know right. that little general area going like this has the headband on and then hits his first five threes, and the crowd goes bananas. Mind you, there's an hour before the game is started. Right. It's not even like they haven't even done anything yet. It's not even – there's nothing that's going on. And then, like, he works out for about 20 minutes. It's packed. It's great. And then we get to the player intros. Now, normally the Warriors players are pretty good, but they milked this shit today. They or yesterday they milked it. They had the on the jumbotron. He's back. <laughs> then yeah. they, then he, then Steph goes. Steph goes. Steph usually last to get announced, but they put Clay's last to be announced. And the cr- it was packed. It then the crowd went. I had I had never heard that type of cheer at Chase Center. The acoustics were used at Chase right, Center. Right. Right. It was <laughs> when they did Clay Thompson. It was like a fucking finals yell. It was like ah, right. Then he fucking then he fucking throws up some bullshit in the first play of the game, and it goes in. And then they're just ready to rock. Yeah. Then he proceeds Tight to miss curl. It. Tight yeah. curl. Let me throw this yeah. finger rollish like flip yeah. shot up. Gotta so go shit, in. I ain't never seen him do. Like, you gotta know, go definitely just, not in his normal bag. <laughs> That's not in his bag. He was nope. And then, and then he misses. to miss his next five shots, right? Because they just. <laughs> but then he, he's he. Then this is the crescendo moment. He fucking sees Jared Allen on a switch. Jared reaches. He goes to the cup. Dunks on like three dudes. It's over. It the the roof is off of Chase at this point. There's no one. E40's out on the corner just going stupid. Like, just everybody's just going bananas. It was a, it was a good old Warriors game, man. It was one. It was a throwback game. It, it, I'm glad Clay's back. It was a great time. And there's probably, I mean, I, I, mean I, I know the answer to this, but it would be impossible to get a feel last night for, for what they might look like with Clay introduced. To. He shot 18 shots in 20 minutes, so there's no real way. I mean, everything was... Clay centric last night. There's no way to see or take anything away from the performance last night. Um, Absolutely not. Okay, fair. There's fair. no. There's nothing to say. I was gonna. I was thinking about. The, he was on such adrenaline, especially at the at the end of the. You'll appreciate this. He was because I think it's been like 943 days since he's played a game. It's That's been incredible. a long time, and so at the post game and normally like I'll, I'll dip after the post game, you know, I'll, I'll probably leave. I, I usually don't stay that long, but I stayed 
And boy, it was a long time because you know this. You motherfuckers take a long time to come to get <laughs> to get dressed and to talk and to just you guys take a long ass time. It depends on the it depends on the scenario, the type of game, the gravity of the moment, and you know, whether or not someone played well. I mean, because you could get a quick exit. Yeah. For me, sometimes. And what were you? Were you were you a, were you a quick guy? Were you a quick it quick guy? It, like it, it would depend. You? Obviously, if I played if I played anywhere in my normal average range or better, um, yeah, I'd probably just we gonna have to you wait. Know, huh? I took a little longer, yeah, because I you know I had ice and being a cold tub. Sometimes I get some shots. Just up. make us well, make you motherfuckers wait. I don't do that. No, but there okay. would be the occasion if I was really pissed where you I'm gone. Like I'm in and out. You might miss me because I'm gone. How do y'all like, like, Brett, we'll get back to Clay in a second, but I, when I, when I, how do you guys get out so fast? Y'all shower and dip or y'all just, y'all stank and y'all just go home? Like, how does this work? I've never left an arena in the NBA, I should say, because in high school we did it without, without the shower. I've never okay. taken the shower pill in the NBA. I've okay. seen it done. I've seen it done a lot, but I've never done it. So it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you take the quick shower, you know, you wrench off, wrench off. And then get the, get the hell up out of there. Y'all you know, know all I mean? the like little areas leave where we can't even see y'all. Oh. Y'all know all the little nooks and crannies in the arenas, bro. Y'all know how to duck us for sure. Every good PR person um, has the escape hatch on deck. It's not for everyone to use, but some people have access to the escape hatch. The thing about it. Chase Center is they have so many different ones that you we will be sight unseen. There is no way if you wanted to duck us and never talk to the media. Thank God, shout out to Raymond Renner who will make your ass talk to the media. But if you don't on an off night, there's like seven different doors you can go. There's like seven different back caves. There's seven different like there's there's so many ways you can you can duck us if you want to. But so Clay, this is get put in perspective. Steph is usually the last person like mm-hmm. to talk, and he takes like an hour after the game, hour and a half sometimes. Clay came after him, so we had to wait, but. I think you'll appreciate this. He was just so reflective. And one of the things that really, that like kind of, that didn't make me choke up, but really just was like, damn, that's, that's real. He was like, first he said, he was like, yeah, I was minus two for the night, but it looks so good to see my name on a box score again yeah. and see and, and look and look and see that I was seven of 18. He was like, I can't wait to watch film tonight. I can't wait to do all these things because it's been so long. And he's been seeing, like, he's been looking at box scores and all these things. But to see his name on a box score was the biggest takeaway for him. As an NBA player, Raja, how much would you relate to something, just even that feeling of having that? Because that 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 touched me. I was like, oh, it was all the feels, all the vibes. From, from yeah, well, I, I can't, you know, it's hard because I, I, you know, I missed a season with injury, um, with a, with an injured wrist. I only missed you know, like three quarters of the year or something like that. So I don't have that type of layoff that Clay had. I couldn't even imagine. But coming back after that year off for me was really, really exciting. It was nerve wracking. Um, you know, there was such a, such a, like a, a mix of emotions, right? And and the roller coaster ride that was the week leading up to my first game coming back was exhausting. And so I kind of, I watched that, that press conference and I heard him talk and, you know, I, I, I thought he approached it. I thought he approached it like an adult, you know, like he's got a real good feel for, you know, what's important. He talked about just kind of being out, being out in nature with his dog and walking around and kind of, you know, staying off the phone. And, you know, I thought that was a good way to approach it. Cause you can get really swept up, you know, in the emotions and the, what, the, what ifs and, you know, the box, the box score is interesting, right? Because like, you don't think much about it. Like it's, 
fans are like, yeah, it's a box score, like whatever. But, you know, sometimes looking at that box score, you're just so conditioned to do it at the end of the night to either validate, you know, like what you just put out there on, on, on wax or like to, to, to kind of, you know, kick yourself in the ass. Like, damn, I really did go one for 13, you know, like you're like shit, but in either what, in either case you were out there. Yeah. Like that's it. It's, it's those box scores live on forever. You know what I mean? So it's, you're like, yo, I was, I was out there on the court and it's, it sounds corny, but you know, it's a real thing. Like I miss seeing my name on a box score. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you, your first year out, you know, you're like, damn, bro. Like I'm, Okay, so let me put it in because I'm getting lost in my thought here. When I was back in the NBA and I worked for the Cavs, I was a part of what was going on. I had a role in that organization. Um, you know, we were we were playing in a championship. Um, I was on every trip. There was no name in the box score. Mm. You know, like I wasn't affecting the outcome the way I was used to affecting the outcome. And I missed that, right? Like yeah. I was yearning for that. Even Griff would say, like, you really want to be, you you probably should coach because it's going to get you closer to that. It doesn't look like this is enough for you. And that's kind of what I guess he was saying. It's as close as I could get to it. It's like, hey man, I'm back in it. Like he was a great teammate. He held his, you know, young fellas down. You could see him over there imparting wisdom and being that good vet for guys when he couldn't be on the court. And that's a role but it ain't like being out there having your hands in it, you know? Nah, man. And it, it was, uh, spe- like, you could tell a lot about a player by how the rest of the bench reacts when that player does good. Right. Now, they were on the, they were jumping around. There was another, uh, so Draymond um, had uh, pulled his calf, I guess, in pregame warmups and fucked him up, right? Like, and but he started the game and fouled Darius Garland, but started the game just so he could, uh, and then missed the rest of the game, fouled Darius Garland, and missed the rest of the game, but wanted to be on the floor with Clay for his return game. Wanted to make sure he was there. Yeah, that's big time. Pulled calf is very is very painful, too. Like, it's very painful, painful and also yeah. shit you should sit down for. You're like, for sure. I know they don't sound like it much, but you better sit down if you got anything calf-related. Yeah, so you tear um, Achilles. Yep, and but uh, it was funny though. But the first play of the game was design was a designed play for for Clay to pass the ball. He caught that ball one time. And was like, nope. That's the <laughs> one. He, that's the curl we were talking about. That's the curl. One. It was for him to pass it. He said, "I saw a lane. Fuck it. I'm going." Gotta have it. Gotta have it. I loved it. I loved it. You know what? What uh, you don't get to see as a fan is, and if you'd listen and and really, you know, dug into what he was saying in his press conference is is the rehab that goes into a single injury of any magnitude, like any type of real surgery where they got to open you up and repair a major ligament. Um, the tediousness of the rehab and how slow it can take and the and the invariable setbacks that come on the road to recovery, right? Like, and you're moving, it's really slow, it's grueling, it's tedious, you're taking these baby steps, you make a little breakthrough and you think, you know, you're you're only up from here and then two weeks later, you're doing this mundane shit and boom, you got a setback, you know, and yeah. and and that just happens over and over again. And so it's this steady stock market type of like climb, like you're up and then it's down a little and then you're up. Now you plateaued a little, but now we're down and now we're up and people don't see the work, the time, the literal blood, sweat and tears that go into that. And the loneliness. The, oh, absolutely. The loneliness. Everybody's out on the court and you're in the back 
where everyone's out on the court, you're over there on the, on the side, like just trying to get range of motion back, like getting stretched, like, you know, every, you can't shoot while they're all shooting. So they all leave. And now you got to get your court time in. So it can be lonely. It, teammates see that they see what you pour into that. And I'm talking about a single injury, not two catastrophic ones. So when you say that everybody over there on that sideline, it tells a lot about, you know, how much they, they care about him and how much they love him. And, and it, it also tells a lot about how much they respect the grind uh, that he had to go through to get back, you know, and that's, that's what, that's what kind of gets missed, right? Like a guy just doesn't show up on your TV for a while and he comes back and everybody's got this judgment on whether he's great again or he's not great again, or, you know, we do it too. It's our job, right? Yeah. But you often forget about what it took just to get back to a point where you could lace them up in the NBA again. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. All right, let's get to the basketball portion of this. So. What did you – I know there's not much you can – I don't know. I, I, I'll push back on that. There's a little – some things you can see from the game and things like that of what, what could be. But what did you see from a basketball standpoint, maybe good or bad, That maybe something we could, should be concerned about, something that we should be happy about? What, what do you see from this Warriors team with Clay back in the fold? Well, it's going to be a redefinition of some roles, right? Yeah. And, you know, like I, Jordan Poole came off the bench last night, right? Yeah. Um, so he he comes to mind first and foremost in terms of a guy that was asked to do a lot of scoring, had a lot of ball in his hands. And now, you know, you're coming back with Clay. Now you're coming off the bench. Um, coming off the bench helps a little bit because, you know, six men like can JP come in. off the bench, though. I, yeah, I six men been, yeah. come in, they get the ball in their hands, right? It's your job. Come right. in and infuse some energy into the offense. You know, keep scoring against the second unit. But I think as a team, there's going to be a little bit of that. Andrew Wiggins as well, right? Like guys who've never really played with him at any length. Um, before, maybe even, you know, those other pieces like Juan Toscano and people like that. Um, Clay looked a little heavy, in yeah. my opinion, but I think that's, I mean, to be expected. It's not a knock. It's just when you're coming back, you, you know, it's going to take a while to get into real game shape. And then it's, to some degree, the jury's out on whether, on whether his legs are going to allow him to really move the way Clay Thompson used to move, you know? And, what percentage of himself is he, right? Like we talked about KD coming back and KD came back at a very high percentage of himself. It's almost negligible. Like you wouldn't even be able to tell, right? Yeah. That's that's still TBD with, with Clay. you know? How do his legs respond once he gets 20 games in? Like, can he still move? Can he defend the way? Because one of the best parts of Clay, you know, aside from the, just this incredible stroke was he was one of the best two-way players in the league. Yeah. Does, does he still have his lateral burst? Can he stay in front of people? You know, there's a lot that they got to figure out, but I, I think they will. And they got a great coach and they got a great culture. Um, and I think it gets done. I think that, uh, you know, I saw Clay walking up to the podium and 
I don't want to put too much into this, but it was definitely one of those heavy legs limp. You know, when you just hella heavy, when your legs are just hella heavy after playing a game, and mm-hmm. it was one of those. You could tell that he had played a basketball game. My thing is, it's similar to when you were uh, talk when we were talking about uh, Steph a couple weeks back in terms of rhythm and him chasing when 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 Steph was chasing the rhythm and how it sacrificed rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think the same could be one of the concerns I would have with at least in the short term, not in the long term, but in the short term, trying to find your rhythm to get Clay back into the fold. I think that's something that that should be should be looked at. I think that that'll um, ultimately work itself out. But you know, there's Clay's not going to shoot. I don't think Clay's going to shoot 18 shots. There's going to be nights where he where like he's just not. You might think he's not himself because he's trying to get his win back. I don't know how long that's going to be. But I think that that's something, a cause that might be pause. They lose some games that you think like, oh, why the fuck they lose this game? But there's going to be some games like that to where, you know, where Clay's just not, he doesn't have that jolt of energy. Yeah. And I I think, you know, one of your points there was one that I was kind of, and I, I I was thinking about, it's, it's the amount, it's the volume of shots that, that he's going to get in like 18 and 20 minutes. That can't be his role on this team. That was a first night out of the box, the celebratory moment of Clay Thompson and his return to the Golden State Warriors, and it was dope, you know? But I think Clay, like, there are two ways to approach it. And I I mean, this is purely opinion. You could say if you're Steve Kerr and company, hey, we're going to force this back. We're going to we're gonna just keep forcing stuff at Clay. It might cost us in the short term, but in the long run, we're going to be better for having the Splash Brothers back and be firing on all cylinders. And then the other way would be to have Clay play this complimentary or more complimentary than than before type of role where, yeah. you know, he gets it when he gets it. And if he gets hot, you know, it is what it is, but he's not real a focal point of your offense until, until, you know, he really gets cooking again. And that, again, that could take, you know, that could take the end of this year going into next year, just because he's had such a long layoff. I don't know how Golden State approaches it. If I were them and if I were Clay, um, they're already playing really well this year. Yeah. I would be as complimentary as I could be. There are going to yeah. be nights where I get 25, 26, 27. There might be other nights where I get 8 to 10. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I don't know that I would force it at him right now. Number one, I don't know if he can handle it, like, physically. But number yeah. two, we really are playing well. And, I and, mean, and also, like, they don't need – they don't – they don't. if there's one thing the Warriors don't need is extra scoring. Like, they're fine. They're okay. I think, you know, when, when Poole gets hot, Wiggins can, can score at a nice clip. We have – they have Steph on the team. I don't think that they they don't need him to be a 20 point per game scorer. They need him to just fit in right now. That's what the Warriors need and I agree. But sometimes it's deeper than that. Like when you have a guy of that ilk coming back into the fold, you know? Yeah. Like and I I don't know Clay like that. I I think that he will be fine except in whatever role is there this year. But don't make no mistake. Like that's not your average bear. That ain't that's not a role player coming back off of an injury, just reassuming role. That's a dude who's used to being a headliner. Like, you, yeah. you, you, it don't always work out that easy. I hope it does. I think that the uh, what the Warriors need, though, man, we'll talk about this down the line. They need a front court guy, bro. They do. They need They need to do, like, Kevon Looney balled out like, 18 rebounds on, on a front court. And also, Cleveland is... I really like Cleveland. They're not worth talking too, too much about, but I really like Cleveland. I hey. saw Evan Mobley and, woo. Yeah. Also, I got to apologize real quick. I want to apologize to Jared Allen. You know, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't locked in as much to his game. I didn't like, I didn't really love that deal. Apologies, bro. 
because they were balling. I really like. I really. I, I I do like what they could be. Garland was balling, but I say all to say, Warriors need a front court guy because Kevon Looney is great as he's been this season. I, they need. They need it. They need a dude. They need a dude. Agreed. And I don't know if Wiseman's going to be that. He's definitely not going to be that this season. I don't think he's going to. At the very least, he's not going to be that this season. It is. You know, it's fun to watch Golden State because they're so good offensively. But when I watched them, the last time I watched them, I said, I said, damn, they're rolling out there. They got Andre Iguodala out there. They got Andrew Wiggins out there. They got Juan Toscano Anderson out there. They got Draymond out there. And you have Steph. That is a hellified, long, rangy, versatile defensive unit. Yeah. Now, Steph, Steph's not known for his defensive prowess, but besides the point like they have lineups and and dudes that can come in and just lock anything down we're switching it all we're locking yep. it down you know i do agree that the one soft part you know is is whether they can get that that good you know front court you know bolstering that they need as far as cleveland goes flowers is logan murdoch term yes. i'm giving my flowers the flowers or their flowers but jb bickerstaff yep and kobe altman and kobe's my dude but I, you know, I pride myself on being a real one. I've been, I've been hard on Kobe. That shit was a mess the last couple of years. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going with it. I couldn't see it. I don't. Who could see it? It's starting to come into focus a little bit, man. And JB Bickerstaff looks like, you know, he's a young, he's a young star in the coaching rank. So shout out flowers for both of them, dudes. Yo, it's one thing to see, like you know, when you see how long a team is on television, but them motherfuckers are. are you you know when you go in person and you see them walk out because I got yeah obviously I got there early saw Evan Mobley walk out dude just just all arms and legs bro yeah you know and then you know you trot that out and you got Caleb coming off the bench right like you have just dudes that are big dudes yep we'll see what happens man they're a pretty good team they're a pretty good team this episode is brought to you by Arby's it's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Rob, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, but I wanted to to kind of go and talk Kyrie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, played really well against Indiana, but... I'm really skeptical about how this is going to happen, and I do see there there have been some um, there have been some not rumblings, but there have been some prickly moments. Like with I saw uh, Nick Ferdell, ESPN, asked Kevin just about Kyrie's vaccination status, and 
<laughs> I just saw Kevin was just kind of fed up just about the whole thing. It's like, yo, I can't make that man take a vaccine. Duh, 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 duh. We want him on the floor. We basically told him we want him on the floor. And he, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically if Kyrie, he knows what he needs to do to get on the floor, right? Yeah. And Kyrie's, I think he showed in Indiana, a phenomenal player. But how do you, I, I, I saw the Indiana game and then I go in to watch the, the game against Milwaukee where the Nets get their ass kicked at home by Giannis, right? And I can't help but wonder, like, how do you catch a rhythm, a consistent rhythm, when one of your best players is a part-time player and he's in and out of the lineup? And this isn't just somebody that's, like, off the bench. Da, da, da. No, this is your star guy. This is, this is your, one of your core guys. How could you reasonably expect to get a rhythm when he's like, oh, I'm just going to come on road games. Oh, but then some road games I can't go. Oh, but if we go play in Toronto, I can't necessarily be there. Y'all, y'all get it. Y'all figure it out. And then there's this just, and then when he does play, it's just like, oh man, I'm so happy to be back. And da, 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 da. I, it's just, it's a lot of things going on right now. It, it just doesn't feel like, doesn't feel sustainable. I don't think it's going to work, man. I do not think it's going to work as currently constructed. I'd love to argue with you. You know, I enjoy arguing with you. It's like it's the best part of my Mondays and Thursdays. Yes. But but I cannot argue with you, Logan. It is not sustainable. This is oh, again, man. I feel for my man Stevie Nash. I just do. This is this is just I, I haven't seen Nash smile in like a, a two years. I haven't seen him smile. He's doing a great job. His attitude is perfect. Like he's the perfect guy to have in the seat while all this is going on. Because yeah. he's just this eternal optimist, right? He's always got this great energy. He's a great leader. Um, and so he's the guy to have to kind of steer your ship through this. But this is a mess. I mean, I'd make the case that if I were th- his teammate, Kyrie's teammate, I could wrap my mind around losing to Brooklyn at home. I mean, losing to Milwaukee at home and not really be looking sideways at Kyrie if he hadn't been around for for a while. Like, if he was just, like, out of sight, out of mind, um, and we went and beat Indiana, and then we came home and lost to Milwaukee, he'd be like, all right, whatever. I mean, Kyrie's not the first thing that comes to mind. Like, I haven't seen him in a long time. But when he's there the night before, (laughs) and he helps you win, and he's scoring 20-some points, and you you get to see the brilliance that is Kyrie, I mean, it's human nature to be sitting there against Milwaukee like, what the fuck? What if we had Kyrie tonight? You know yes. what I mean? Like, and so that introduces a whole nother level of side-eyedness where people are like, he comes back the next night, you got motherfuckers looking at you like this. this. And he's all and he's all chipper and stuff, like, hey guys, I'm here, I'm back, like, I'm back. Bro, miss me with that. Miss me with that. So I think, you know, that's that's one thing. And then on a whole nother level, on a basketball, like purely X's and O level, I mean, I know that the NBA specifically as a league, isn't built on the backs of role players, right? It's a star-driven league. I, we Everyone understands this. And a storyline-driven league. Absolutely. That's probably first and foremost, right? And then, and then you know, stars are the biggest part of winning a championship. But, man, you got to have a real stable, real locked-in, real committed, um, real unselfish group of supporting cast type of players, role guys, They've got to be firmly entrenched in those roles. They have to understand them inside and out. You know, there's that's done over the course of a season. That's achieved over 82 of them things. Like, we're in here, trial and error. We're figuring it out. Don't do that, Rod. This isn't the way I like it done. Hey, Rod, I need you over here. Logan, hey, check this out, man. When, when KD does that, James is going to do this. Here's where you got to be, bro. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Now Kyrie comes in for 
half of those games and it throws your role out of whack. It throws my role out of whack just fractionally. And now we're going to not have him for, it's a mess. It's too, it's, it's hard to do. And so in the short term, dropping a Kyrie offensive production type of player into the lineup is great. Boom. Immediate jolt, immediate buckets, immediate, like saving from a seven point deficit late in the fourth quarter. But over the long term, having him missing all of those games, it can't work. It's not going to work. And Kyrie don't, Kyrie's, I know what the hope is. The hope is you get Kyrie back in the fold. Like he helps, he helps you in the short term and long term. He starts to be like, oh, well shit, I missed this, man. I really, you know, I can really dig these, this man. I'm, let me get my vaccination. Not happening. Yeah. No, he don't give a happen. shit. He's, He's not, not doing that. He's not. And like, this is even work. I prompt. This is not that we're not talking about that, bro. We're talking about this, the specific, we're not talking about the vaccine, none of that. We're talking about the specifically just being there for your teammates, bro. Oh, like yeah. just literally being there. It's like, not about gonna, vaccinations. It's it's about him. It's the one thing to have side eye in like January, but like, yo, man, when it's May and we gotta go play Giannis and we and and the and the chips are on the line, or we gotta go play Toronto, or we gotta go play one of these teams, and you over here like no, bro. I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play, man. I, you know, I'm not gonna, bro. Like, there's gonna be some real problems in that locker room. Like, re- that. That's a, as nice as I can say it. it when it comes down to it, because we we know how athletes are. We know how, this y'all. This is y'all job. This is what it is. And you gonna is, just be like acting like yo, we gonna play a part time role here. So, like I said, one thing for it to be a loss, a blowout loss in January to Milwaukee, but it's another damn thing when you cost me my season. Yeah, listen, yes, season, and for some of those, for some legacy. of those vets, legacy, yes, legacies. Um, you know, for 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 best player on the planet type of legacies like KD. And then just general career legacies for dudes like Blake Griffin, not the best player on the planet, but needs a chip, wants a chip. Say you got yeah. a chip, Lamarcus. You know, uh, Paul, Paul Millsap, like those dudes, right? Pat, uh, Patty Mills got one, but like you know, those type of deals. Um, also, like let's not be for a dude like I don't know who some of the bottom guys on that roster are who just man getting getting to the chip and winning the championships a healthy bonus. Like yes. that's a. That's a healthy stimulus package. Not even just the players, dog. We talking about, you know, you know, people that work with the team get the playoff shares. Absolutely, absolutely. You take taking money off off my plate, bro. Off of my plate. Off of my plate. So let me and and let me take it back to the coaching perspective, right? Like, here's what we got. We played. Let's say we played Chicago in Chicago. We beat Chicago in Chicago. What I should be able to do is go to that film, right? Steve Nash, David Vanderpool, Jacques Vaughn, Amari Stoudemire, whoever else is there, Adam Harrington, who the like. We're going to sit down. Here's what we did well. Here's what we didn't do well. Here's what they had success with. Here's how we want to counter that moving forward. Um, start to compile this game plan because we see them in four days at the crib, right? And we just yep. beat them. They're the top team in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, here's the game plan. You can't do that the same yeah. way when one of your major players is not going to be there. It changed. So now you're developing, you know, there's no consistency in your game planning. You're game planning four games with Kyrie, and then you're game planning four games without Kyrie. So that blueprint, you got to scrap that whole blueprint, right? Like it was, it worked. And now I got to scrap it. Didn't, and also, because I want to get to one more thing when we get out of here. Also, you talk about like a James Harden, right? 
who was just coming into, he's just finding his rhythm again. He's he is cooking. just getting, he's cooking, right? And then, you know, he has to sacrifice his game for Kyrie. Like Kevin, I don't, Kevin never will have to sacrifice his game. He's the best player on the planet. He doesn't have to do it. But a guy like James Harden, who was just, who's getting it, who's getting back to that old form, has to be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let me take a step back and like, let's figure it out. And then, no, wait, hold on. Let me take a step forward because we're at home now. Oh, wait, I'm, uh, wait, are we going to, we're going, we're having a away game. Oh, wait, it's at the garden. So I still got it. Like, what am I doing? I can't. It's not sustainable, man. I, I I'll just leave it at that. You got any final words on this, man? I, I just can. It's I don't no, know. I mean, hey, I I I hope it works because I'm I'm not a hater in that regard. I hope it works. I've never seen it done before. I don't know that there's a blueprint for it, and I too believe it not to be sustainable. I hope it works. The best ability is availability. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, saying the uh, Eastern Conference and New York, bro. I watched the uh, the Celtics Knicks game. Oh. A bizarre game, man. Just oh. a very bizarre game. Like they're cooking, um, Jalen's cooking, Jason's cooking. All of a sudden, Evan Fournier just comes out and starts cooking. Just starts balling. The guards are on fire. Tim's are in the air. Orange and blue skies, baby. You know, it's just a vibe there. But I really want to think about think about the Celtics. Is that Backcourt sustainable with Jalen and Jason Tatum. And who do you choose ultimately? Because there's going to come a time the way it's going right now. You just got to choose up right at this point. Who are you choosing between those two? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think Jalen might have more upside than Jason Tatum. Really? Yeah. I think, well, and the, the reason I say this, and again, it's my opinion. I, I think, Jason Tatum came in as the more refined of the two players. Yes. Um, he was already, and that's why he was better early, um, an offensive NBA weapon because he was that good. Jalen has just worked his way into that. Like he was more raw, not, I mean, super talented, but more raw. Um, and he's continued to get better and better. And and he's more athletic, I think, slightly than Jason. But I I mean, I look, man, you're, you're making, Either one of them, give them to me. I just don't really know. And I posed the question before. I think I, yeah, I posed it. Do they fit? Like, can I always feel like there are two players that both are on the same trajectory as as young players, and they're not ready for the type of unwritten and understood like agreement that has to happen between co-stars of a team, you know? They both mm-hmm. want it. They both want it. And that's a good thing. I don't know that they're ready for that. And so that, you know, I don't know. I don't know, bud. But uh, you could toss it up. I'm not taking anything away from Jason Tatum. He's a stone cold killer too. I J- Jalen Brown's a boss. I don't know that they fit great. What I think when the Celtics need to learn the lesson of the Portland Trailblazers right now. And that means it doesn't matter if you make a decision, but you have to make a decision. You do. Because you don't want to get into a situation where they're playing with each other and there are where they're playing with each other and it's clear it's over and it's clear that you need to make a move but to get to upgrade your team but not not and then 10 years go by all of a sudden well someone gets injured then you get the CJ McCollum Dame Lillard backcourt and then then what right then you're doing a disservice to both players i think they need to make a decision not like in the next few years but they need to make a decision i think that'll be best for bo- every, all parties involved Perfect, perfect world 
right? Because I'm uh, admittedly, I'm telling you, I'm not sure, right? It was the question I posed. I'm not definitively saying they don't work together. I, my eyes say they don't look like a natural fit, but they're so good. Both of them. Both of um, them. A couple, I like a couple years. I like what you're saying there. And I think you have to start moving more pieces around them to see if maybe there's something else on that team, Marcus Smart, or anybody else that is interrupting the flow that they could be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless you've already made the determination that they don't work together and maybe the Celtics have, but if you haven't, to give it a good enough look, you, you're going to have to start shuffling some pieces. And if it never comes to fruition like and no matter what pieces you move around them then you got your answer dude like no this it doesn't it doesn't work so great um and i just my pushback i think cj and dame there's there's not really an instance of those two small guards Mm -hmm. like getting it done and being the best but these neither one of these dudes are small like you know what i mean so like you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be so quick to say that they couldn't um you know i just gotta figure that out i was watching the mismatch um or listening to the mismatch uh mm-hmm. and KLC brought up the real KLC brought up a point about the Celtics not working because of leadership and there's not a defined de facto leader now you could say Marcus Smart might be the one of the most vocal doesn't necessarily mean people are going to follow him on this team right mm-hmm. is that do you, have you seen a lack of leadership because I know like Emma Udoka has just has went in on them talking about their lack of toughness it's just just really just you know, it's 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 very interesting to hear comments like that very early on in the season from a first year head coach talking about lack of toughness. And but is there is there something that could be done? Maybe not a trade of the two stars, but another person that that does bring a leadership thing. Be like, hey, bro, that everyone tends to respect that could tell Jalen and Jason to get their shit together and just be like, hey, man, chill and like actually have respect. Is that could that be a more feasible option at this point? Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying a minute ago. Like I you have to you for right now, you're not going to want to you don't want to give one of those two dudes up. Right. They're just both They're really so good. good. They're so good. Um And you risk losing both of them if you give one up cuz you're you're banking on one stain and nothing's guaranteed in this league. Right. And and so when you start tinkering around the edges with them, what you're looking for are, you know, the things that they don't bring to the table. Like that's what that's what you do in supporting roles is you bring something to the table that the stars don't bring. And if neither one of those guys are are true leaders, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You can develop into that, you know, but they've been running their own show, you know, since kind of they got there. Like who was their who was the guy that they looked up to, like, yo, man, this dude, this dude is a boss. Like he's been in should it for have been a while. Kyrie. Got, well, it should have been, but yeah, we know how that played out. So Kyrie didn't provide that. Or maybe he did. I don't know. It just didn't work out there. But the point is, if they can't do it and they're not doing it, then yes, you have to find someone who can come in and and provide that type of stability, voice, leadership. You know, but I I've said this a lot. It's what I used to say in 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 you know in meetings with with you know our, our ownership and stuff in Cleveland and, and David Griffin about certain players. And I don't know this to be fact about these two. I don't know them. Some players don't want to lead. And they don't want to be led. And that puts you in a really weird spot because you could bring anybody in there, the best of the best leaders. And you got this dude who's his own little entity, you know, like, you know, kind of enigma, an enigma uh, as it pertains to being on a team. Like you just you, like, what do you, I mean, you're great, but what do you, you don't want to lead us. You don't want to follow. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And that, that derails championships quickly. 
It's an interesting thing. It's something we should keep an eye on. That's something that we'll, we'll look at down the line. But as of right now, we are out of time. We'll see you guys on Thursday. But before you go, make sure you check out our Ringer NBA slate. Make sure you check out Upside High with J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Sharks. Make sure you check out the Mismatch feed, which includes the Mismatch and includes the Void. Follow the Void with KOC every Wednesday. Make sure you check out the answer. Make sure you check out group chat. Make sure you check out Black Girl Sock Book with who? Roger Bell. Town legend, Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Roger Bell. The Crestside Clown. Vallejo's finest. Vallejo legend. CC Sabathia. Mm. See you guys Thursday. Holla. Holla.